Hello everyone, this is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. Well, hello there, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Isaac Petrie and... Oh, yeah, Iron Petrie. What's going on, man? The Petries and welcome to Kingdom Conversations. And listen, you might want to share this one. This one here is going to be a little little, uh, provocative. (laughs) We got to deal with some things, talk about a few and we're going to hit it real quick. I do want to say before we get started, thank you for watching. All of those that are sending us messages, encouraging us, listen, we're so grateful for it because, you know, we're doing this to get the information to you and bring some conversations that I believe should be talking about when it deals with culture. And I want to make one announcement before we get started. I want you to be paying attention to my pages, Isaac Petrie, Isaac Petrie Ministries, because we kick off um, the year 5781, 5781 in the Hebrew years with a conference called the Head of the Year at Gloria Zion in connection with Chuck Pierce and Global Spears Ministry. I'll be preaching Friday night, but listen. I'm going to be putting this on my page snippets um, um, segments because we need to hear going into a new Hebrew year, which starts um, this weekend sometime. And so Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. It's a Hebrew term. It's going to be amazing. So we can set the prophetic stage for what's going to be going on in the next year. You're about to flip over to a brand new year on the Hebrew calendar a few days, even though we still have a couple of months to go in the Gregorian calendar. So that's always amazing, especially seeing everything that is happening with Israel right now. I mean, things are lining up in the heavens. And so don't you be deceived. God is about to do great, great, great things. And so we're going to be talking about that some next week. But pay attention to my page this week as we capture snippets and prophecies all of those things about the brand new Hebrew year. Listen, we are going to be talking about today sex trafficking and just the overall hypersexualized culture that we have got to deal with. And I believe the church needs to set the standard for it. Um, I want to take a break from talking about political things and all of that. We'll come back in November or actually a couple of weeks before November to deal with all of that. And thank you for all of those that want to be informed. And that's just amazing to know that you're out there and that you're ready to do things the kingdom way. But we want to pause to hit these things for a little bit to talk about the agenda of Satan to remove the family unit, to destroy the family identity, to not only destroy the family identity, but then destroy identity of the male and female and this movement that is going on in the earth and then sex trafficking and in the move toward wanting to see pedophilia and the promotion of it and the sexualizing of our children and the things that they're learning. We have got a war on our hands and it's time for the church to start speaking out against this. Pastor Iron. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the church is confusing <laughs> because, because and when I say church, I'm talking about the claim the name of Christ globally because we, we're loud on certain things and silent on other things. And, and this is why we got kingdom conversations so we can just be loud on everything. And so <laughs> talk to me a little bit because you and your wife just did a podcast. Tell them how to get it. Tell them where to go so that they can listen to it and then dive into what you discovered about human sex trafficking. Oh, well, if, if they want to find our podcast, the name of our podcast is Culture and Convictions. Uh, we have a website, cultureandconvictions.com. They can catch all of our uh, podcasts there. You can also hear us on uh, SoundCloud, uh, Culture and Convictions. You can, you can actually watch us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel that we just started, Culture and Convictions TV. Uh, where you can actually see the the podcast complete with all of the different uh, clips we use from from the news and different interviews and so forth and so on about the subject matter that we talk about. So we're there. We're on, uh, of course, iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, just about Spotify. You can find us on just about every uh, streaming audio platform. Yeah, we're out there. Culture and Convictions. And that's all one word. You type that in, you should be able to find us there. But we kind of talked about this because uh, the U.S. Marshals in Georgia, uh, over about a two-week period, did a, had an operation called Operation Not Forgotten. And uh, they located around 39 children, ranging from ages 3 to 17. Uh, and they rescued 26 children that were located. They located 13 others. And of the 39, 15 of them were victims of sex trafficking. And so this, they busted up this ring of men, of course, who were trafficking these children. And like I said, the, the, the ages range from three to 17, if you can imagine. Uh, and so these things are going on all over the world. And we started to kind of delve into sex trafficking. We started delving into kind of what's going on with this whole sexual culture that we have today. And um, I came across some information and I want to I wanted to read it to you. I think I, I mentioned it at the end of uh, at the end of the last uh, podcast where it's the Walk Free Foundation for Human Rights. Uh, they were talking about how roughly their best estimate in 2017 was that worldwide, 40 million people on any given day, men, women and children were being trafficked for all kinds of reasons. They could be they could be wow. trafficked for actually working in sweatshops and under forced labor to make some of the goods and services that you and I buy in our stores. Uh, they're trafficked to be put into forced marriages to perform all kinds of devious sexual acts for for sexual deviance. Um, they're they're trafficked for any number of any number of things you can imagine. And a lot of it heavily is sex trafficking. Um, and when we begin to discover also that uh, I believe there was a report that just came out, I think, at the White House. I, I think it was a trafficking in person report that you can find, I think, on uh, uh, you can find on the government's website if you want to look it up and read it. But they were talking about a good majority here in the United States of America. A lot of the kids that are trafficked uh, have either been in the foster care system or in the foster care system. So it wow. is a big component for a lot of this sex trafficking, where, where these, these predators are preying on these foster children. And uh, of course, we know the scripture tells us that Satan walks about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, right. If you've ever, if you've ever watched, and he talks, and he uses the comparison of a lion in the scripture, and of course, if you've ever watched a lion hunt, a lion is considered the king of the jungle because of his attitude, but if you've ever wa- watched him hunt, 
he doesn't always tackle the strongest one in the bunch. Right. <laughs> the easiest thing. He doesn't always, he doesn't. <laughs> and he doesn't always catch anything. You know? <laughs> and so sometimes he, he lingers about and he finds that, that small um, little, little uh, wildebeest or whatever in the pack or in the herd, the zebra, that's kind of separated from the pack. And uh, a lot of our children, because of the decades long now deterioration of parental oversight and parents and structures and homes and structured home lives, our children are quite vulnerable to a lot of unquestionable evil and, and, right. and stuff that was beforehand unimaginable. I mean, I grew up in a time, of course, where we played outside, we'd run up and down the street. Right. We'd even venture away from home out of our parents' sight, but there was no real palpable fear or even thought that someone would be would be wow. waiting to try to be a predator to, to scoop us up or take us. I don't know if they want to scoop us either because we were some kids that would we was rough. But at the end of the day, that time, there was a time where we didn't worry about that so much. But today, uh, this crosses all socioeconomic uh, strata. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. Of course, the poor are, are vulnerable. But there are, there are families with children growing up in middle class, upper middle class, neighborhoods and homes, structured home lives, and their children are getting abducted. And so these things are very serious. And if there is something that should require our most ardent outrage, it is when we're living in a society that, that you know, really preys upon the most vulnerable, and that's our children. And uh, we're going to be held accountable, I believe, by God for how we've treated our kids and how we... We, we've, we've actually become very, very selfish, very self-centered. We're thinking about so much stuff nowadays that really in the grand scheme of things doesn't even matter. And we're leaving our most vulnerable open to all of this, uh, this type of predatory activity in this world. So that's just something that's kind of been on our heart because my wife and I also uh, for years now, actually it's been a, several years, we've been uh, contributors to and supporters of Operate, Operation Underground Railroad, which is uh, is an operation uh, headed up by Tim Ballard, a retired special agent and everything who worked with Homeland Security. And he has been he has been fighting the good fight for many years now out there really uh, against self, uh, human trafficking and sex trafficking in this country. And he made a statement that is worthy of, of, of our talking about here. And he said that the United States of America is the highest consumer of child pornography in the world. And that, wow. is, that is sad. And, uh, and it's something that has to be talked about. And it's something that the church, as you said, should really be raising and waving a red flag and getting involved in whatever way we can, small or large. I mean, you're, you're not necessarily a special agent. You're not gonna be able to go right. rouse people out, but you can educate. You can have oversight in your communities. You can talk to people about it. You can raise awareness so that people's ears can go up about what's going on around them. I want you to give some numbers real quick because you made you made a number. Um, you said a number on your podcast. Just how much this affects, and you might have said it right when you started, but say it again. Like uh, the amount of children a year that will get caught up in this. Was it a year or some? some uh, well, no, the, the statement I made was one for it was actually globally. 
In the United States of right. America, I think uh, you're looking at roughly. I could I could look it up for you, but I didn't want to take that time right here on the on the podcast to do it because I don't have it open to it right now. But you can Google the 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 human trafficking uh, statistics, and I believe here in America it's around yearly. It's it's a few thousand, I think, maybe ten thousand a year, or maybe it's somewhere around mm-hmm. in there where children are being trafficked here, uh, just in this nation alone. But once again, this is something that's going on in other parts of the world in which children are groomed and sent to the United States. Right. Because once and again, it become a bigger issue. It's, it's, it's growing. It's mushrooming. Oh, yeah. It's it's exploded. And, and, you know, here's one of the things, too, when it comes to a COVID-19 and what we've been going through here in this whole period of, of quarantine and being shut down Right. Um, as as we're sitting here talking about all of the different benefits, wear your mask and no, you don't need to go to school or no, you don't need to do this, don't need to do that. People aren't thinking about the fact that a lot of these this uptick in crime that has taken place, domestic violence, sexual abuse. These things are happening now because these kids are getting no reprieve from these homes that they live in and from the environments that they're living in. When the, some of these children going to school is a hot meal for some of these children going to school is getting a reprieve to get away from someone who, who, who would be a predator. And so there's a lot going on that has really transpired during this whole time when we've been locked down that uh, I don't think, you know, in the interest of whatever political forces are at play with, with how they're trying to frame and use this whole COVID-19 thing, they're not looking at really some of the repercussions and consequences negatively that are happening as a result of the lockdown? Well, I was shocked when I, um, of course, I've been doing prison ministry for over 25 years with Mike Barber and yeah. and without going into all the details several years ago, so I'd be anxious to see what it was like uh, right now, but I was in one unit and uh, and and I was shocked of how many men were in that unit that had been molested. And oh, I'm yeah. talking about men, oh, not yeah. just women, men as children uh, that had been molested. It was an enormous money, an enormous percentage. I don't want to say it here because, you know, I haven't got clearance, you know, to put those kind of things out. But. But what we're seeing is this over-sexualization of culture yes, and sir. the spirit of perversion. It's it's as far back as the book of Genesis, but okay. it's working its way into normalcy. That's the bigger, that's the biggest issue. The biggest okay. issue with things that were passed in our nation was that they were wrong and people saw them as wrong. They knew it was criminal. They fought against it. They stood against it. The difference now is that these things are being normalized. They're being supported and in many cases legalized. And this whole sexual, um, this whole breakdown of gender and identity and family and sexual orientation, all of those things are coming after the family. That's children become prey because of the family structure, because of the parental oversight, because of the lack of fathers in the parenting unit in the home. And, and like you said, 
the village is gone. You know, you used to say it, it takes a village to raise a family. Well, the village is gone. There, there is no more village. There is no more big mama looking over everybody down the street or, you know, the uncle or the deacon in the church driving by and telling you get back in the house. <laughs> That's right. That whole family structure, even in the house and even in the village is gone. And so our kids are just left and the school has become the place where that structure is for a lot of these um, children. But, but I want to just go back and say this, that if we don't start coming against this spirit of perversion that is being normalized, you know, there was a lot of backlash from a Netflix film that was put out by 11 year old girls um, called Cuties. And um, I didn't even want to watch it. I didn't even want to see it. I don't need to watch it, what it's yeah. about because I just saw the clips of it. And this is what's become normal in our day. And so we have got to rise up in the begin, deal with the spirit of perversion. We know it's in our churches, it's in our schools, it's in our workplaces, it's everywhere, sexual assault. Um, there's a situation where one man blatantly right there in New York, I believe was in the sun, Broad open daylight sexually assault oh, yeah. a woman, and and we have got to deal with this in the church because we're too silent about it. So now, let's trace this thing back from a demonic standpoint because we know Satan is coming after our kids because he gets the kids, he gets the next generation. We have dropped the ball parenting. We have dropped the ball preaching truth. Mm preaching holy, standing for purity, standing for righteousness. And in our ministries, there is this, this uh, uh, struggle. And when I say in ministries, I'm talking about, you know, the, the one stat that came out years ago about a prominent church convention came to town and a dominant amount of the people in the convention stayed in the um, hotel, in a particular hotel. And they said the uptick in pornography um, being ordered, you know, from that hotel during that church convention was astronomical, which means there's this whole thing, sexualization that needs to be talked about because we discarded that conversation. Now it's moved into a whole gender thing about sexuality where you don't even know what you are where you can wake up in the morning and say, well, I feel that I'm this. You can change your identity. They're saying that there's several uh, identities that sex is to be looked at, you know, in, in you know, in so many ways. And, and, and listen, the church has got to rise up and be clear about all of this. And we got to start preaching purity and righteousness and holiness. And we need to start dealing with the spirit of perversion that is loose. And so, Pastor Iron, I want I want to throw this question to you. And then I'm going to come back and elaborate on it. Um, how do you see all of this tying up? What's the end game? Make it crystal clear. I believe I elaborated on it a little bit, but what's the end game from the enemy? What is all of this about? Oh, um, I think if you look at if you look at the course of human history, uh, of course, Satan is. 
Satan and human nature is like on a hamster wheel. And, and what I mean by that is, is that when you're in the flesh, uh, you can have all of these impulses and desires for all kinds of behavior and all kinds of things. But ultimately, you're just going to be doing the same stuff. It's going to be sex. It's going to be drugs. It's going to be it's going to be some form of perversion, some form of, of, of um, desire for money. It's going to be lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. It doesn't right. it doesn't move out of that. You, there, there is no you're, you're really locked in that room in the flesh. But I think over right. the course the course of human history, what you find is that great civilizations, great times of golden ages, you know, people talk about the glory of Rome and Greece and they talk about different empires. Well, when you go back and you look at these places, they were brought down, not from some enemy outside, but they came down from a moral rot on the inside that, that, that ultimately the way you bring down a nation like the United States of America, the way you you ruin this this bastion of freedom and liberty, this place where the gospel has been preached throughout the whole world, irregardless of its its flaws and, and, and all of the different things it's dealt with. It has it has hollowed out for itself a place in history that is unique to any other nation on Earth at any other time in human history. And if you're going to bring it down, it has to come down from a moral implosion within. Uh, and it's it's the perversion. It's the breakdown of what I consider to be the the dam, if you would, of of human of human uh, indecency, which is the family unit. Family civilizes right. things. Family civilizes people. Uh, and if you and if you destroy it, there's a subduing element to the family. That's why when God said to man, Adam and Eve, he blessed them, said, be fruitful, multiply and subdue the earth. There right. is a, there's a subduing power in family to subdue the expressions of, of all kinds of evil because there's nothing more motivational than the look in your children's eyes. When you bring them into this world, you become instantly someone motivated to do better, to do good, to try to make a life for them. Well, when you start to tinker with that and you start to, to, to destroy that, that idea of family, that familial connection, and you leave people as almost like these uh, units just kind of floating out in, in society with no real place to, to have an identity and to be cultured and to be grounded and to be, be, be given morals and values. Well, then the society begins to suffer in every other institution because the people populate those institutions. Right. When, you look out, when you look out in our world today and you see what's going on in the streets, those rioters and all that's going on, that's a product of the deterioration of the family. Absolutely. I don't even cut it. I don't care how many ways you cut it. Right. When you look and you see the perversion, when you see the perversion in politics, or you see the perversion in entertainment, you see the perversion in, in, in finance and the cheating and go, you're looking at the breakdown of the family because somewhere along the way, people are losing the values that used to be transmitted through the family unit. And so people are just going out in there. And now it's every man for himself in so many ways. And so... so so I think it's really the end game. The end game is really to destroy one of the greatest witnesses for the gospel in the world, because what you're seeing is people are starting to try to kick America down a few notches. Well, I want if if we do, well then who, who else is preaching the gospel to the same degree? Where else are we seeing this? Where else are we seeing this this real? Um, 
prioritizing of freedom and liberty anywhere else in the world. There may be pockets here or there, but for the most part, this nation has been that city on a hill. And, and you can argue with that, but you wouldn't be able to do it based on facts because it just has been. And so I think that's a part of the end game. And also and, silence, of course, the church. Okay, the, the bottom line is, is what I hear you saying is that the enemy, just like in Genesis, is just after the order of God. He's after yes. the male, he's after yes. the female, trying to change those, and he's after the children. Um, yes. Because if, if they can't get their identity from the parents, and if they can't get their identity and security from the family unit, then they're left to the world or they're left to Satan. And yes. then you've got this destruction of the family and the removing of the nuclear family, the removing of the man, the removing of the male. Then you've got all this transgender um, LGBTQ movements. And then you've got sex trafficking that is being funded by billions and billions of dollars um, and all types of people tied up in these. Then you've got the perversion of music and in arts and entertainment and this glorification of all of this. You can't watch a movie. You can't do it. Anything. And my whole thing is this. We as the church, why won't we push back? against this. <laughs> I mean, why can't we come together as a collective body of believers? You know, there's a billion, billions of us in the, and in this nation, stand up and begin to fight back and push back and said, we want this trash off of our television screens. We want this trash out of our music. We want this trash off out of, out of our governmental systems. We want it out. We want to fight for equality in the, in the, in the marriage for, for marriage. And for, we want our things defined according to the Bible. We want it in the schools. You will not teach our children this. We need to be showing up at school board meetings, keeping your eye out for things that are happening, city council meetings, keeping your eye out because are just almost just letting it happen. The church is like, you know, <laughs> we just pass it. We just be like, ho hum, uh, you know, of course, unless something happens that we can, we can fight about when it comes to race. But listen, there racism ain't the unpart unpartable well, sin. Well, there are well, a whole lot of issues that are that that and and we need we need to come out against Satan in everything he represents. Go ahead, Pastor. Yeah, well, here's one of the things about us as the church is the church seems to, we like safe fights. And, and what, I, what I mean by a safe fight well, is one, good. That, You're right. one <laughs> that allows us, one that allows us to speak up and remain rele relevant. <laughs> yeah. We, one that allows us to speak up and remain uh, somewhat um open to being accepted in the mainstream because I'm, I'm gonna say something here that may be somewhat provocative to you but i think the church is really the cause for some of it i don't think i don't think it's just that we're we're uh we're failing to respond i think some of it we've created and here's why i say that mm. because when you read the bible there are some things so clear you can't misunderstand them wow you you can you can uh you can choose not to obey them 
but you can't misunderstand them. Uh, and, and the things that we're talking about are things that are so blatantly and bluntly true. God didn't make suggestions about them. They're plain. I mean, they're, they're things that you can't misunderstand. But what we have done in the church is we have preached. We've preached things so, as, as the old saints say, breezy grace, right? <laughs> we, we've, we've preached such a, we've preached absolutes out of, out of the out of the, the the body we've kind of we've kind of gotten so intellectual we've gotten so um we've gotten we bought into this idea of mainstream appeal we like being liked we want to be accepted we want to be followed on instagram we want to be liked on facebook we want to be we feel as though that means that christ we're giving christ a greater platform when really it's for us it's not for christ because he's always relevant. He, you, you, could never, you could never make him irrelevant for any generation or its issues or its sins. He is the savior of the world. That means he's eternally re relevant to the human condition. So the relevance we seek is us. We want to be accepted. And there are certain fights that will get you kicked out of polite society. There are certain right. fights that will not allow you, that will cause you to be quote unquote canceled. There are certain fights that you're not going to be able to stand your ground as the scripture gives you and keep your following. People are going to turn you off. And we think people being turned off by us is in some kind of way uh, losing an opportunity to reach them for Christ. But I, I question whether we're attempting to even reach them for Christ. I think we're trying to, we're trying to get them to like us, to think mm. well of us. To think that we're we're to be accepted and to allow us a seat at the table, well, Jesus it is not revealed in us. You know, how can I say this? Being, uh, you know, trying to get into the mainstream. Christ is revealed really in irrelevance. He's really yeah, revealed he's in contradiction. Called. Right. Yeah, he's revealed because in he's kind of right. Yeah, and and, and I, the I, church. The church is afraid of that, though. We're, we're, we have, a, we have a, a generation of church people, once again, like I said, they will choose a safe fight if they feel as though there is social and cultural traction that can be made by speaking out on this, then they'll take up a fight that ain't even a fight. It can be a fight based on a lie, but they'll take that one up <laughs> right. and they'll leave the ones we really should be fighting about alone because they might cause us to get canceled or persecuted or talked about. But I got a newsflash. Jesus said persecution came standard with walking with him. Right. Now, that's just the Bible. And right. it's a part of the affliction of the gospel. That's why Paul tells Timothy, I was reading in 2 Timothy, where Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift of God that's in him by the laying on of his hands. And he tells him, for God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And then he goes on to tell him, therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. In other words, he says, take your part in the afflictions of the gospel because you're not going to be liked. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. You're not going to be liked. And if you are living your life in the flow of the consensus and its opinion, you might want to check the direction you're headed in. Because Jesus at no time in his ministry was ever, ever in the flow of the cultural consensus <laughs> because but that's where we want to be though that's where we want to be 
and, and, and that we have sacrificed truth for that type of acceptance. And that is why I think we're some of the cause for all of this, because there used to be clear preaching on what marriage was, clear preaching on what sex and sexuality, how it was defined in Scripture, clear preaching. Whether you believed it or not or going to obey it or not, that's on you. But you weren't going to misunderstand it. And there wasn't going to be an environment where now we could try to normalize it with law and normalize it in our in our arts and in our entertainment. No, you were going to hear the clear definition concerning sexuality from the word of God and from the church. But we've gotten to a point now where we're we're hedging on those things, not not just because we got sin in the church, but we're hedging on those things because we have truly taken this intellectual exit ramp off of scriptural accuracy. We're trying to be smart and we're trying to be bright and brilliant and we're trying to be esoteric in our theorizing. We're, we're trying to be these great minds and, and that's just not the gospel. You've got to preach it from the conviction that's in here. And if you're not coming from there, you're going to eventually get over into error because your much learning is going to make you mad. Wow, that's the Bible. Well, wow. Listen, so let me tie this up with a bow tie. What's the answer? Everyone watching this, first of all, you need to get involved with somebody who is involved with sex trafficking and and delivering people from it. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to, there, there are so many uh, um, people in the kingdom doing it. There are also great yeah. people like Tim Tebow. That's my man. I love Tim Tebow and get involved in what he's doing. There are all these things. Pastor Iron talked about. Who is it? What, mention one more time the guy that you. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the gentleman's name is Tim Ballard. It's Operation Underground Railroad. It's, That's B-A-L-L-A-R-D? Uh, yes. yes. Okay. Tim Ballard, Operation Underground Railroad. Get involved. Start to support these ministries because that's what they are. Start to support these ministries. Um, support um, things that 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 move toward the, uh, all of those issues. Anything, slavery, sex trafficking, uh, anything to do with our children. Um, he talked about the foster care system being one of the the inroads of these um, devious people. And so let's support those with your prayers and with your finances. You can sow a seed, you can partner. That's one way. Number two, we have got to speak very clearly as people of God about the family unit. One man, one woman, it ain't two men, it ain't two women. It is one man, one woman, that it's God's plan bringing up children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We've got to start to trumpet that again. We need to oppose it wherever it comes up, whether it's through a preacher, whether it's through a politician, whether it's through an entertainer, um, you've got a page. And if you, and I know that a lot of people don't want to use your social platforms to get out there and start fussing with people. I understand that you can do a teaching and more than anything, you can make sure the people in your circle are clear. Get your children and begin to teach them. First of all, begin to try to train them and then teach them because they're coming after the minds of our children. We are praying for everyone struggling with 
perversion and all of these issues. But while we're praying for them, we've also got to defeat the narrative. And that's the thing I believe we have to understand as the body of Christ at the same time. We can be compassionate and we can be righteous at the same time. We can try to deliver the people out of it, but then we try to tear down the system that's trying to promote it. And we've got to be able to do both of those things simultaneously. The church feels like, well, if, 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 if they need deliverance and prayer and all of that, I can't condemn it. Oh, yes, you can. Jesus did it all the time. He did it all the time. You can do it. Paul did it. That's what we do. We stand against sin and we love the sinner. But this agenda that's going forward, coming after our children in the area of perversion, pedophilia, um, sexualization, all of these things, we got to fight it. We got to fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. And we got to be clear about it. And so also the last thing is we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We've got to attack this thing in the spirit. This is the yes, spirit of perversion that happened in the book of Genesis that's been all throughout the Bible. It's the same spirit coming back for a more opportune time. And sadly in America, this stuff is being accepted as mainstream stream. That's why they're able to get laws passed and get things legalized and get their agenda pushed forward because Satan has found a grip hole in these political parties and, and in the ideology of popular people to push this thing down our throats and we're not having it. And so stand, stand, stand in the spirit, pray, bind, loose. I mean, let's go to war y'all. They're coming after the family unit and then they're now coming after our children in this over-sexualized culture and then moving all the way into enslaving our children and we can't have it. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go, we're gonna cut this just a little short because I am headed to a conference tonight. Um, um, tonight at Gloria Zion um, Ministries with Chuck Pierce, it's gonna be amazing. Pay attention to my page. I'll be, you know, sending clips of what's going on to see what God is saying to the church for the new year. We're about to step into a brand new year spiritually in the Hebrew calendar. And I believe it's going to be a great one. It's going to be a great one because 5780 has been a war. <laughs> and eighty-one, we're going to pick up the spoils. I believe it. And so listen, we appreciate you so much. Keep praying, keep being informed. Thank God for all of you. Thank God for all of you who want to see the kingdom come and God's will be done. Listen, we'll see you next week. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected. Be blessed.